Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today's podcast guest, I recently had the pleasure of sharing the stage with at an Agriculture Future of America alumni event this past summer. And she's one of those people where I think this might have been the first time we met in person, but I feel like we know each other. We have a lot of mutual friends, and I just knew she was someone that I needed to be friends with. And y'all are in for a treat because she is going to chit chat with you on the show today all about making career changes. My guest today is Whitney Kinney a career coach, leadership trainer, and speaker. And she helps clients across the country navigate career transitions and find the work they were made to do. Whitney works alongside her husband, Shane, to build their family businesses and raise their two kids in her childhood home in rural Missouri. Without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Thanks, Kaya. It's great to be here and get to talk to you today. I am so excited to have you here. And before I hit record on the show, we were discussing how perfect the timing of this conversation is, not just for me personally, but also just for so many people I've been talking to lately. I feel like I've been hearing a lot of people, especially the women that were at my retreat recently, talking about transitions, really big life transitions, whether that's relationship transitions, family transitions, or one of your specialties, which is career transitions. But before I jump into that, I would love to hear about you and your own career path first. And I'm curious, have you always been a coach in this capacity or what did your journey look like that kind of got you here? Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. And, you know, I think it's it will be ironic for people to hear that we both started in unique positions working in the beef industry. So um, my first job out of college was doing Beef It's What's for Dinner, promotions, PR, public relations yes, with girl. the Missouri Beef Industry Council. So <laughs> I love it. We're kindred spirits. I was we in are. Kentucky, you were in Missouri. And, you know, we could talk all about cooking demonstrations and getting oh, up 100%. and preparing for TV, media talking points and all of those good things. But I spent three years there, loved it. Honestly, you know, I was 22 when I got that job. I was fresh out of college and really thought this is my dream job. And I absolutely loved the work, but after doing it for almost three years, I just started to be discontent in the work and I was hungry for more. I had been challenged and had really expanded my leadership skills, my professional skills, and there was just something missing. And luckily for me at, in that same season, right, we're all going through seasons. But in that season of questioning, what in the world am I going to do next? If this was my dream job, what else is out there? And I just sat in the empty room in the house that my husband and I moved into after we got married. And I put post-it notes on the wall and I wrote down words that described who I was and what I wanted in my next opportunity. 
And really that led me to taking a role with the University of Missouri Career Services, serving the College of Ag, Food and Natural Resources students. So I stepped into a coach role at that point when I was working with, we had 2000 undergrad students who were studying 15 different degree programs. And so I spent three years helping them. I took that public relations and marketing skill set and I applied it to helping these students market themselves to future employers. Loved it, absolutely loved it. And then another season of life came for me and I became a mom. And again, there was something I wanted more than the job that I was in. And so I ended up transitioning to stay home for a few years. And uh, after that, our family made a really big geographic transition, at least for us, so that we could be able to live closer to family. And that's where I had to be creative about how I could use my talents to serve other people and provide for my family. So that is how I got into coaching full-time, one-on-one clients. And so now instead of serving students, 90% of my clients are full-time professionals like you or me, or even older than us. And so that's where I am now, sitting in what used to be the nursery um, that I slept in as a baby. It is now my home office. And so that's a story in itself, but it's just been exciting to see how this whole path, while I could have never shown you what it was going to look like, you know, even a year ago, it has all come together and through growth and climbing, right? Like, looking at those lessons and climbing and pursuing what was in front of me is how I got here today. I find it so fascinating hearing people's journey of how they got to where they're at, because I think the recurring theme that I hear from most people is that they never anticipated where they'd end up. And I always think it's so interesting to think like, I wonder, Whitney, where we're going to be in five years from now, because Lord knows we have big dreams and plans, but who knows what's in store. And I also think there's so much clarity that's found in hindsight, looking back on those roles and how, even though they're all so different, how much each of those with each season, as you, as you described them has served you into what you're doing now, which I think is so stinking powerful. And I love thinking about life as these seasons. And that said, you know, I think there's a lot of people and I'm curious since you've worked with so many students for so long, I think we can often get in this pattern of life that we're taught, which is go to school, get good grades, get involved so you can really beef up this killer resume, get a good job, save for retirement, buy a house, have kids, work your butt off, and hopefully have enough health and money to actually enjoy your life once you actually retire. And I'm curious, in your perspective, from your own life and from the work you do with your clients and also working with so many students, does this have to be the case? Does this have to be the formula in which we do life? I love that picture that you painted because I think that is the unconscious or subconscious expectation that we have just been conditioned toward. And what my mission, if I had to name it, would be, I want people just to pause and take a break and say, okay, what do I really want? What am I chasing after? Is that really what's going to bring me satisfaction or is there something else that really matters more to me, right? It's it's that question of who am I? What do I want? And then you can better ask yourself, am I headed in the right direction, right? So um, my husband and I always say, you know, you have the power to choose. The world tells us that we don't have as much choice as we actually do. And so, 
you know, my message is always just pause and ask yourself important questions. Reflection is such an important habit. And I have to preach these things to myself too, because I'm in constant motion towards something, but I have to pause and seek out those moments of quiet peace to really ask myself, is this the right direction for me? So yeah, I think Mm. just because we see an example of something, even within our own families, even within the traditions of the people around us, we don't have to go those same directions if that's not truly what was meant for us. Mm. But it starts by asking the question. Yeah. Such a great reminder. And one I need regularly, Whitney. I, I love talking in pictures. I think I get that from my grandpa. I just think it's really helpful to have us understand this. And, you know, obviously I use the mountain analogy a lot. Uh-huh. And as we talk about climbing towards our goals, and I think the beauty of pausing, like you mentioned, is giving us space to stop focusing on just ascending, to check in, to make sure we're even climbing the right mountain in the first place. And I think sometimes we can get caught in this trap or this path of feeling obligated to a job or this career path because, well, that's what I got a degree in, or that's what I've been doing for so long. If I change courses now, then all of this time, this degree, this money, this energy will be wasted. But for someone who is maybe taking time to pause and realizes that they're no longer being fulfilled down their current path, how do you encourage them to find that I guess, courage to pivot and make a change. Absolutely. Well, and as you were speaking, I was thinking of a question I've heard you ask, which is what is it costing you to stay in that place versus Mm. pivoting or changing or growing? Because sure, there's a cost to change, right? I mean, change Mm -hmm. is not easy. Change has its own set of costs, right? But staying put and maybe stuck would be a word that we use, uh, staying in that place also has a cost. But really to find that courage, you know, I was listening to you talk about the retreat and all that you learned. And I think those women found courage in community. And I think that community is a great place to turn for courage because you are seeking um, wisdom and an insight from people who've walked before you. So to find a mentor or to find a coach who can help provide helpful questions, right? Coaches should never give you the exact step-by-step of what, you know, they're not making a decision for you. However, they are asking questions that help you reach that decision point. So there's courage in finding outside support. And then there's also courage in quieting the voices that are either internal or external that are not fully able to speak into your situation. You know, we talk about work because I'm a career coach and I will never forget. I heard someone say, you're the only one who has to go to that office. So you're the one who has to be comfortable with that decision that you're making. So even if your best friend, your loved one, your spouse, your parents really believe you need to make a certain decision at the end of the day, you're the one who has to wake up every morning and do that work. So it needs to be something that is truly aligned with who you are as a person and not some outside viewpoint. Yes. Oh gosh. I love that. You know, being able to make a decision that you can live with and making sure that your opinion is the one you value over other people's. I feel like it can be really hard in those moments, which is why I do think it's so important that we 
create time for pause and self-reflection to really get clear there. Do you have a side hustle or business that you're ready to take to the next level? In my opinion, one of the most valuable assets as a business of any size, whether you're just starting out or have been hammering on for years, is a website. Whether it's a simple landing page with just the basics or a full-fledged site with a blog and store, having a place where people can search and discover you online makes your business immediately look more credible. If it's the fear of having to fork over thousands of dollars to a professional to build one for you that's holding you back, I have a little secret for you. You can build your own website today without any knowledge of coding or fancy schmancy tech skills using Squarespace. Trust me, if I can do it, so can you. Not only did I build my own Coach Kaya website, but I also built my family's Twistleman Ranch website, the Backroad Cowgirls Digital Series website, and countless more using Squarespace's simple, easy-to-use templates that made it a breeze to get a website launched and ready to welcome new customers. Time to take that business of yours to new levels. Click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Squarespace today. You know, you mentioned change is hard, and I think everybody would absolutely agree with that. Even if the change is a good change that you really want, it's still hard and uncomfortable, and that's what growth is. And I like kind of looking at that discomfort as a signal of growth to make it feel more purposeful and remembering that, oh, this is uncomfortable, but I know there's going to be something really good on the other side of this. And I think maybe when some people think about transitions or career changes, maybe one of the ideas as well, I have to completely quit and burn this to the ground to start from scratch. And that sounds so scary and stressful, but is there, is there another way or is there a way for someone who is maybe thinking about trying something new to dip their toes in the water? Or I guess, do you have any insights for someone who really wants to try something that is completely different? How can they begin that transition in a way that doesn't feel debilitating. Absolutely. And, you know, I think our culture is accustomed to more side hustles, right? So we are, Mm -hmm. we're hearing that phrase, granted, that might require conversations with a current employer to make sure that what you are responsible for is still getting done while you're still, you know, merging this ability to have energy for a side hustle, Um, but seek out opportunities to get yourself some experience in those areas. You know, this seems very elementary, but who are the people who are doing these things that you can learn from and start learning from them? Because that gives great motivation, right? So there are lots of experts in our field that you and I listen to, not only for their insight, but also just the pure motivation, because we know, hey, if we listen to this podcast, we will feel excited to sit down and do the work on this project that we have. And so find those voices who can teach you how to gain experience. But the elementary part was going to say, whenever I was working with college students, I was always telling them to do informational interviews, right? But network, it goes back to community. It's finding someone who is five years ahead of you and learning from them. Now, you might think, well, are they going to want to talk to me? Is that something that they feel is proprietary? Are they going to be limited in their ability to network with me? And my answer is some of them will be, but find the ones who aren't. Find the ones who have an abundance mindset and who are very aware that there is much greater need in the world for the service or offer that you have to share than they could 
possibly fulfill themselves. And so work with the people who have an abundance mindset because they want to help other people. And we all have a unique purpose and there's no way for you or I to serve every single person who needs our help today or tomorrow or even the rest of the year, right? But we would love to see other women come alongside us and help serve the people that we're missing in the gaps because we're only, you know, two people here together. Yeah, there are so absolutely. many more people that need our help. And so uh, if we can, if we can support each other and help other people, professionals come alongside and realize and expand their own dream, that's what we want to do. So my suggestion would be find the people you can learn from. And so since it might take a little bit of time with your current career, figure out what you need to negotiate. Would it be 80% time of a current position so that you can have Mondays off to work towards your side hustle? That probably isn't step one, but it might be step two, three, or four as things start to pick up with the side projects that you're working on. Yeah. You know, even just the suggestion of listening to podcasts, I think is so powerful. And I, I reflect back on myself working for the Kentucky Beef Council. And gosh, I really did so much to your story in in feeling like I just, I loved that job. I learned so many incredible skills that absolutely helped me in my day-to-day of what I do now, but I wanted more. And the way that I started exposing myself to what more could be was by listening to podcasts of female entrepreneurs. And I think when we fill our head with voices of people that are doing it and empowering others to do it, it becomes more normalized in our minds and it doesn't seem like this far-fetched dream. It's like, oh, look at all of these examples that I have of these other women who are able to do it. And the more you hear those stories, the more it's like, oh, they can do it in their space for me too. And the suggestion too of just asking people the question, I have created so many beautiful relationships from people that asked me how I do what I do today. And I really try to always practice that abundance mindset of recognizing, just like you said, Whitney, there is enough space for me and thousands of other women to do the exact same work that I do. And we'd still need more people doing it. And so I think the benefit too of asking people those questions is also making it known to somebody else what you want for yourself and what you want to do. You know, I think about how many people are out there that have these dreams on their heart that have never even said it out loud. But how can the people in your network support you if they don't even know what you want to do? And I think asking questions and saying, you know, I'm interested in knowing more about this. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, I remember now Whitney was interested in that job. I should send her over this job opportunity I just saw pop up because I know that she's looking for that. And just having it be known that there's something you want or are interested for, that in itself can work for you, I believe. Absolutely. And cultivating the network that you've already created, right? So whenever I have clients that want to make a change, honestly, I want them to start putting out those feelers confidentially with other professionals in their network to say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about a change. Here's maybe the direction that I want to be headed towards and start having those conversations. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, the statistics show us that applying for a job, your chances of being hired are really, really small if all you've done is hit apply. But you have more than 70% increase in your chances to get hired if you have an internal referral. So that means if someone can vouch for you, that they personally know you and they think you should be considered, your increase, I mean, 70% is 
<laughs> worth Significant. it to me. Right. So yes, reaching out to your network, cultivating those connections and um, being comfortable just to put yourself out there and asking those things in confidence. You can just say, hey, I'm reaching out in confidence. And people are really, really wanting to be helpful, especially right now, especially in this season. I think people just want to help other humans. You know, in line with that, putting yourself out there can feel very vulnerable. And I think it can also bring up a lot of imposter syndrome from people. And I love to hear your perspective on imposter syndrome. If someone is wanting to make a change or try something new, and maybe it's a total 180 from what they're currently doing. And maybe they're thinking to themselves, you know, who am I to leave this career to pursue writing a novel or whatever that looks like? How... How do you encourage people that are maybe struggling with that feeling of imposter syndrome? Like, who am I? I love that question. And it's something that I struggle with myself, right? Uh, So I have lots to speak from about this. Whenever I am asking that who am I question or why me, whenever someone says, hey, will you come speak at this event? And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And then I start getting into the work of it. And I have those doubts of, why me? Why will they want to listen to me? Why will my story be helpful? The question, I just turn it back on itself. And I say, why not me? Because, you know, going back to those lessons that you've learned and the mountain that you're climbing, you've learned those lessons for a reason. And I fully believe that God has called me to where I am so that I can turn down the mountain and say, here's what I've learned. Can I help you up by lifting you up with me? So the question needs to be, why not you? Why wouldn't you be the person to share your story? Why wouldn't you be the person to offer this? You've been created on purpose for a purpose. And really you're doing the world a disservice if you don't step into that purpose or into that calling. Because if you're keeping those talents to yourself, you're not investing in the gifts that you've been given. So why not me has become a first question to ask whenever I hear that imposter syndrome coming. Mm, That is so good. I'm like over here wanting to snap. That is amazing. So powerful. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. You know, we talked earlier about side hustles and the way that I started my entrepreneurial journey was with a side hustle. I do think it's a great place to start for a lot of people. But in that word is the word hustle. And I love, 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 because I'm sure you've got some thoughts for me. I'd love to hear your thoughts about hustle culture. But people that say, if you want more in your life, you want more opportunities, you want more money, you just got to hustle harder, work harder. What are your thoughts and feelings around this culture of hustle? (laughs) Well, um, this is really strong language, but I hate the word hustle. So whenever I said (laughs) side hustle, I was like, oh, I hate that word. Um, So I'm not a fan 
I'm not a fan of this, like grind it out because I have felt the fallout of being exhausted and burnt out that hustle harder, hustle faster brings into our mindset, right? I actually have a sticker. I can't find it. It says hustle is not a fruit of the spirit. And I love that because the opposite of hustle for me is peace. And, you know, even today, Kaya, this morning, I just felt like I was go, go, go. And I just, the mantra I grabbed onto was pace yourself. And I think that for me is the antidote to hustle, right? I have a lot of ideas, as I know lots of the women who are joining us, listening to us right now, they're listening because they have ideas and they have dreams. We can have those ideas, but there are seasons of life. We are in a certain season. Today is only one day. So we just have to breathe and we have to pace ourselves. And through that pacing is how I find peace. And that's not a natural, that's not a natural trait of my personality at all. (laughs) So pace yourself has been the theme of my day. Um, So it's a great question because I think hustle makes us feel like we can just rely on our work and we can't, you know, going back to that point about being silent, having time to pause, we have to have rest. I know that we talked about that whenever um, we were speaking together. And so, yeah, pace yourself, find places where you have rest, build in margin. I like when you were talking about the retreat that you said you would have planned in more downtime. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. a form of pacing the schedule, yeah. right? And I'll be honest, I don't have enough downtime in my daily life. So that is something that I'm personally working on. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I love the I love the mantra of pace yourself. There's actually I have a little illustration that I made with two cows and it says my race my pace. And I think for me, you know, as a I feel like I keep talking about the Enneagram on every single episode, but as an Enneagram 3, it's been a very helpful tool to me, guys. That I guess that's the theme here. So but, helpful, yes. Yes. As an achiever, I find myself hustling a lot because one of my motivations is, you know, success. And I love, hate that about myself. (laughs) Um, But I think when I find myself hustling, it's because I'm getting distracted or measuring my worth and progress against somebody else. And that's where this need to hustle is coming from. And when I remind myself my race, my pace, it's a reminder to me that there's nobody that I'm racing against. The only race that I'm in is one with the person I was yesterday. But, you know, I I get to decide what that pace looks like. And I too have been a victim of my own hustle culture that I placed upon myself, which can be so easy to do as an entrepreneur, which I know you understand. But back behind me on my whiteboard here, full transparency, I wrote three of these words on the board after I had a full-blown entrepreneurial breakdown in this office, like crying, burnt out, just all of it bubbled up to the surface one day. And I wrote these words on my board. I wrote, let it be easy, do less and have fun. And I find myself right now in this season, especially really trying to focus on believing that less can be more and that giving myself more space and white space in my life is actually what will make me more 
productive in my business and in my soul and with the people that I serve, there's no glory in being an empty, tired shell of yourself. What are we doing that for? And I think I think that hustle culture is something that I've struggled with and I'm working to find more peace. I love that word peace. Recently, I wrote that down. What I want to feel in my business is peace. I mean, I think that's such a beautiful place to create from. Yes, absolutely. I wrote down your three, let it be easy, do less and have fun. I think we all need that. And I'm not an Enneagram three. I think when I was in my twenties, that probably is how I showed up because I was, I had been conditioned through organizations to build the resume and get all of the accomplishments. I'm actually an Enneagram seven. So my hustle comes from fear of missing out because, hey, I'm in my office right now, but I'm missing out on the things that are outside of my office. So it just is a cycle. So I think so many of us, regardless of where we are on the Enneagram, probably can fall into that trap. And I think it's it's just conditioned in us culturally. Totally. But you know, as you were talking about this desire for peace and you know, you're building a beautiful business and the women that are with us listening right now, they're doing beautiful, incredible things. And I bet that they would agree with us that no success professionally is worth losing the peace in their hearts, in their minds, in their homes. Don't plan on crying, but this is just something that I really care about because as I sit here in those moments of the work that I do, loving it, there are still times where it's really, it would be easy to go into a habit of hustle that would steal the joy. So I love that you wrote have fun. And I, I, yeah. I think that's so important. Of course, I'm an Enneagram 7, so I'm like, what more fun can we have, right? <laughs> but, but how do we make sure that we protect our health and well-being so that the people who are relying on us at home and at work get the best version of ourselves or the highest version that you talked about from your retreat. So I just think, yeah, we've got to be having these conversations because life is short. It's the time's going to pass no matter what, but let's not let it pass without us being intentional to take care of what we've been given to take care of both ourselves and the people around us. I love that. This kind of leads us up perfectly into my next question for you, which is all about work-life balance. Is it a real thing? What does that look like? How can we create more space for a work-life balance if that's even possible? Right. So I like to use the word work-life harmony, work-life alignment. I think balance, the way I view the world, balance seems like an impossible goal. And so I personally struggle because I can work so hard. Oh, I need balance. I need balance. But one misstep or one thing that doesn't go as planned and balance is impossible, right? And so I think we try to achieve balance comes from maybe a mindset or perspective that we have control over Mm. scenarios of work or life. And the number one thing that I'm working through in my own life is opening my hands up and recognizing I don't have control. I am not in control of anything around me, either locally or globally. And so 
for me, finding harmony, finding a career path that aligns with my family path, right? So Mm, how does work and life harmonize? How do you have a purpose that works well together instead of being like two pieces of gravel in a coffee can banging together loudly? And that looks different in every season, right? So just like the rest of life is evolving, this evolves too. And again, goes back to why we can't just float through and white knuckle, grin and bear it, but we have to just pause and say, okay, what's working, what's not working. And like we talked about earlier, you know, negotiating to be 80% time, that's a very real option. There are so many options that professionals can take to make small slight shifts without having to make giant career changes. And so Mm -hmm. I would just ask, what is it? What would help you? Let's be problem solvers and figure out what you need to ask for either at work or at home to be able to thrive and not just survive. I think that for so long, we've been conditioned that survival is just normal. So we're just going to hold on until this season is over. And that feels the opposite of what you just said was let it be easy, do less and have fun. Being in constant survival mode for me is like an out of body experience and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Gosh. And maybe someone listening to this right now is feeling that way right now in this moment. And maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I need a shift. I need a shift. And I know one of the things you mentioned earlier that you have found to be helpful, that I found to be helpful is is being in community with someone, having somebody or somebodies that you can talk through um, that that shift. For you, I know you believe in the power of coaching and community, and I'm curious, as a career coach, what does that look like for you if someone said, okay, I know I need help with this transition, not sure what that looks like. What, what would it look like to have a career coach through that process? Yeah, absolutely. I love being able to meet professionals right where they are and be a sounding board to walk them through the question. So um, we would get connected, schedule a call, and then I walk them through a step-by-step process that I've been using for years. And we start by unpacking who are you and who do you want to be? Not what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? I had a high school English teacher ask us to write that paper and Kaya, I found it about three years ago in my oh handwriting. My I should have I should have gotten it, but almost everything I wrote is the life I'm living. Oh, I just got chills, Whitney. Oh, yes. And so I we start with who do you want to be? Then we identify what opportunities are out there, where do you want to be looking? And then I just walk you through the nuts and bolts of let's get your resume and your LinkedIn in order. Let's help you apply. Let's make sure you have a strategic focus because listen, when clients come to me, they are spending way too much time, energy, and effort trying to do this on their own. And it takes them forever to find a job. Of course, it's frustrating. I mean, so my saying is career success with less stress because I can save you the time and energy you're going to put into all of that. And so then I walk you through building confidence to be able to interview successfully, how to negotiate your salary, how to really design and step into the purpose that you've been created to live. And I get excited about it because... I know what it means not only to the women themselves, but to their families, to all of the people who are impacted by that ripple effect. 
I mean, could you imagine if every single person in the world was living into what they were meant to do and felt fulfilled and whole and at peace with the work they did? I mean, that would solve all of our world's problems, I'm convinced. Absolutely. Parents are better parents. Think of the way that kids would be raised in homes and then go into school. And yeah, definitely. And I think we all see examples of people around us who are living out their purpose. And I know that it feels daunting, but just like sitting in my spare bedroom with post-it notes, identifying what those true desires and what I was created to do. I still have the post-it notes in my drawer. Um, I walk you through that from the very basic level. It helped me and it has helped so many of my clients since then. I love that. And I think it's so powerful that your question where you start with your clients is who do you want to be? And also who are you separate from any career? I think we get so caught up in finding our identity in what we do instead of who we are separate from what we do and the roles that we play in our life. And I think it's so powerful because, you know, I think the older that we get, I think it's easier to lose ourselves over time. You know, at my retreat, I had mentioned that everyone there was in a transition point. And, you know, there were some people who were empty nesting and they're like, well, if I'm not a mom, then who am I? And that's one per- that's just one example of someone who is struggling with separating their identity from the work they do, whether it's a work in a career, in a job, in a certain field, or a role that you play for other people. But who are you separate from those titles and those roles? I think that's so incredibly powerful. And instead of you becoming what you need to be to fulfill a role, how can you find the career that fulfills who you are as a person first and foremost? I was just going to add that so many professionals will just see, oh, grass is greener on the other side and jump to another career without doing the inner work to know who they are first. And so that becomes a Band-Aid and plenty of times very soon after they are looking for something else because they haven't spent time, taken time to pause and know who they are. You know, the relationship they have with themselves matters. And so they have to know who they are to be able to make successful transitions and be in alignment so they can get to that piece. So, um, yeah, I just love that you're talking about identity. You're talking about career is one piece, just one piece. And there's so much more to us. And also, if you're only looking internally for your identity, you're going to struggle more because we were created in community, right? And so, looking internally leaves us with a lot of confusion, but, you know, seeking external reasons for our purpose and our identity is really what helps us to stay rooted and stay grounded so that we don't feel like we're just blowing in the wind and unsteady because it's a long life to live if that's how you feel the whole time. Oh, so true. And there's probably someone listening who's feeling that way right now. So I, I hope that this this conversation is timely and helpful for you. Um, besides your coaching, your one-on-one coaching, you also have some other resources for people that are in a career shift. Is that right? I do. And I would love to share. I have a reflection guide I'd be glad to share with anybody listening so that you can start asking important questions right away today. And I also have a program, a career search program that if you're ready to make a change, uh, Kaya is going to share the link. And 
I would be glad to welcome you into that. It's the same step-by-step process that we do one-on-one, but it's at your fingertips and it is the best bang for your buck because I know when you're making career transitions, there's also stress to the budget. And uh, so I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for anybody who does need to make a change and um, they they can better their life starting today. Amazing. I will make sure to link both of those, the reflection guide, as well as the career search program down below. If you guys are interested in exploring that, um, if people want to connect with you, Whitney, just to hear more of the goodness you have to share, where can they do so? Where can they find out some more information? So I'm on Instagram and would love to connect with you there, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Since we're talking all things career, you might be hanging out there too. And my website is WhitneyKinney.com. Awesome. And those are going to be linked below in the show notes as well. Whitney, is there anything else that you'd like to share to wrap up our conversation with our listeners today? I'm just so encouraged to know that women are seeking to be the best versions of themselves. So if you're listening to this, I just pray that today you will pace yourself. You'll seek out that white space and margin to really know yourself and ask yourself who you want to be and that you won't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. Mm, Such a good way to wrap things up. I love that. You know, we talked a lot about community today too, being a sounding board. And I'm just so grateful for this community and the fact that um, you all tune in every week to listen to these podcasts and that I have the incredible honor of welcoming such incredible guests like you, Whitney, here to the show. I think that there's so much growth that can happen when we just have authentic, honest, and open conversations about the good stuff and the hard stuff and the messy stuff and the growing stuff. And I hope that there was something from this episode that could resonate with you. And if it did, or if you know somebody else that's going through a career or a life transition that you think would benefit from hearing this conversation, please make sure to share it. Take a screenshot, tag Whitney and I both, and we'd love to connect with you there as well. Uh, Make sure to connect with Whitney on Instagram and LinkedIn and snag those incredible resources she mentioned. They are all tagged down below in the show notes. And in the meantime, my sweet friends, I will see you right back here, same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.